0: Chapter 87 How Did I Get Here? Compassion Is the Radicalism of Our Time The Fourteenth Dalai Lama The world around them was falling apart. Correction, had fallen apart. The smoke from the fires that littered the city had cut down visibility to a point where they could barely see twenty feet in front of them. They sat separated from each other, carving out their own personal space on the small rooftop. Sarah was concerned at the relative ease everyone had settled into, herself included. Even though David's grisly death had brought a sense of closure, she was seconds away from giving in to her grief. But for the good of the women on the roof, she had to keep it together. Without making it obvious, she patrolled the rooftop, keeping an eye on the men, looking for weapons she could gather at a moment's notice. With his size, attitude, and the fact that he had a gun, Daryl seemed to offer the biggest threat on paper but his actions so far had told another tale. Daryl could have left them all to die when they encountered the zombies inside the building, but he had actually risked his own life getting them to safety. Ryan, on the other hand, lacked obvious strength, but his cunning was a game changer. Not to mention he had already shown the breakneck speed with which he could take advantage of a situation. He sat close to Lynn without making it seem like he was. Everyone could feel his laser-like focus on her, or worse, on Ava, maybe seeing the child as some sort of pawn he could use if it ever came down to it. Sarah didn't just mentally assess the men, the women were also a huge factor in how this was going to play out. Jill was in her own world, and Sarah had seen plenty of her type before. And in a situation like this, there was nothing worse. Sarah could tell Jill would betray them without hesitation. Lynn was her most reliable ally, but deep down she knew with Ava in tow, she was also her biggest liability. Lynn had pulled a sheet out of her handbag and made a small tent to shield Ava from the sun and smoke. Much to the relief of the others, Ava had worn herself out crying, and Lynn's constant soothing had finally eased her to sleep. It seemed Lynn and Jill were the only ones with phones. Lynn had hers pressed to her ear, while Jill feverishly swiped and tapped the screen of hers as she paced up and down, making sure to keep the entire rooftop in between her and Ryan. Sarah had been racking her brain trying to remember Jake's number, but she realized she had only ever heard the number once, and that was at the nightclub where she had met him. She knew the first three numbers were 818, but that wasn't helping anyone. She thought if she could log into Facebook, maybe she could send him a message, or even better, call him through the app. Do you have service? Sarah asked as she approached Jill cautiously, trying not to spook her. Jill stopped moving but kept swiping at her phone. It was like she had heard Sarah, but there were still more pressing matters. Sarah had noticed her necklace in the car, so she assumed that was her name. It's Jill, right? Sarah said sweetly. I was wondering if I could just send a message to my family and tell them I'm okay. Jill stiffened, covering the necklace that bore her name with her free hand, and Sarah regretted the tack she had taken instantly. I'm in the middle of something right now, Jill said petulantly. Why don't you ask her? Jill pointed her chin to Lynn, who had her phone to her ear on what seemed like an endless call with no one there. Sarah saw over her phone that the dating app Tinder was filling her screen. Sarah had used the app before and knew how it worked. In between boyfriends, her friends had suggested she try it out just for fun, and after relentless badgering, she had given in. Just like her friends had said, it was fun at first, and a great ego boost, because generally if you were a half-decent-looking woman, you were most likely batting a thousand. For Sarah, the whole idea of meeting someone from the internet just didn't seem right. In the spur of the moment, she had chatted and organized coffee dates for later in the week, but as the dates loomed, Her enthusiasm to meet a total stranger reduced significantly. It didn't help that a lot of these seemingly good guys had grown impatient and had tried to escalate the nature of their online relationship by requesting intimate photos of Sarah or by sending pictures of their erect cocks. She understood there were people who could benefit from this, but Sarah could just go to a bar and meet someone without the added stranger from the internet awkwardness. Tinder? Sarah asked. You think this is a good time for that? Well, I'm trying to save our lives, Jill said simply. You serious? Sarah said, trying not to put any judgment into her tone. It looks like you're looking for Mr. Wright." She failed miserably with her tone, but it seemed to do the trick, as Jill finally looked up and showed her the screen of her phone so Sarah could see it more clearly. Notification after notification started flowing into the phone like an avalanche. I don't understand. It's the end of the world and you're making matches? Sarah said perplexed. You don't get it, Jill said with a touch of sass. All these guys want me. I guarantee you one of them will risk their life to come save me. As Jill turned back to her phone and began sifting through the messages, Sarah stood shell-shocked. Not because she was astounded by Jill's flippant attitude, but because Sarah could see that it wasn't a bad idea. It was true. There were probably a few guys already about to head out of the safety of their homes to try to be a modern-day knight in shining armor.